Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, everyone. We want to give you a heads up that we'll be in Austin for South by Southwest this Saturday. And I'm so excited. I've never been to Austin or South by Southwest. so many tacos. Oh, it's going to be amazing. We're going to do a live episode of Here to Make Friends at the South by Southwest podcast stage at the Fairmont Hotel on March 10th at 5 p.m. We're going to talk all things Bachelor and Bachelor adjacent, talk about the weird gender and racial politics of the franchise, why we are so compelled by this show when it's been on since 2002. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you want to come see us live, visit South by Southwest, that's SXSW.com, where you can purchase a badge to see not only us, but all the inspiring conference sessions, music, films, and other awesome stuff they're doing down there. You've changed the way I look at love. We have something different from anything I've ever experienced before, and I'm excited to spend the rest of my life with you. And he says, when I look at you, I just feel so much, and I love that. <laughs> no. It was like says, quite again, a sentence. There's always been this unexplainable thing with you. Yeah. It's just like a feeling. It's, it's just like it's a love. feeling. <laughs> Do you think that her anger at Ari will fuel her to get over the breakup quicker in time to be ready to get engaged again, like, less than six months later? I don't—well, they say you only need half the time. That's true. Oh, my God. She's over it. (laughs) Which is, yeah, why my sadness took 12 hours. (laughs) Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise— where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Oh my God. I feel like I just went through an intense emotional trauma and I'm still reeling. The crazy thing is that we like we knew this was coming. We were fully spoiled. It was the for, the the thing that happened was like published in the tabloids last week. There was no pretense that we didn't know what was happening, and yet, yet I'm still shocked to my core. We experienced what I believe was the most uncomfortable and also most riveting hour of television. I have perhaps ever seen. Certainly reality television. And I thought that Jake and Vienna's breakup had held that title for quite a long time. So, you know, they had some stiff competition. But uh, we we have so much to talk We're about. We're going to attempt to muddle through our complicated feelings about all of this and also recap 
what the fuck happened. Yeah, we might spend a little less time directly recapping and more time just being like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. Um, but we're going to do our best. And to do that, we're joined today by Bachelor alum Jacqueline Trumbull. Thank Hello. you for being here. You're Jacqueline, you, I hope if you're listening, you remember, had her own, you know, dramatic breakup with Ari just a couple weeks ago. And he seems to really have a lot of dramatic breakups, to be honest. Like... That's his, like, he was like, I, it's not enough to have one last breakup on proposal day. I need to have another dramatic breakup. <laughs> and then maybe with Lauren, like, who knows? I just, before we get into this, I have to say, I went into it really primed for what was going to happen. Really wanting to go in with as much empathy for the situation Ari found himself in as possible. And yet... I did have some empathy for him, but mostly I just felt as though we were watching a person who had very little sense of self and not a whole lot of inner strength in his convictions. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to even know. <laughs> like, I feel like Ari is essentially unknowable to us as viewers, and that is – it's a frustrating And that's part why we have Jacqueline here. <laughs> Jacqueline, tell us what's going on in his head. Okay. So let's start – with just a quick zip through it recap of they're still in the Peru actual and they finale. go on dates. Yes. And they meet the family. These yeah. are the things we're zipping through. Um yeah, the the meeting the family. Totally the, yeah, the final <laughs> dates, the proposal, whatever. It's that's all just prelude. Um I always listen to bachelor podcasts in the morning before we record and no one even bothered to try to recap anything that happened before the breakup really, which um makes We'll try sense. a little bit. We're going to try a little bit. Okay. So they are in Cusco, Peru, and they are meeting Ari's family. First, Lauren meets Ari's family, um, and she says, I, don't, I hope I don't freak out and act weird. Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't act she acts weird. pretty normal. What I noticed is that she looks very similarly to all the other women in Ari's family. Yes, They're and all in blonde. his past. Yeah. I think she fits right in. It was actually hard for me to tell. Does he have mm. any sisters? Are those all his sisters I think one of them was a sister. One I, one. I don't, don't remember. <laughs> Jacqueline. You You're almost like, gave is, up your PhD for this That is not man. the knowledge that I've retained about him. <laughs> Um, well, I still don't fully understand Greg's extended family. So, you know, I think that's fair. <laughs> his extended um, family, his sisters. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you know, you were just in the early stages of, you know, maybe getting married. I knew that answer at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, and then I left and it was just, yeah. that did not Let's did just not say stick. there are a number of blonde women who are related to him either by blood or marriage. And, uh, oh, and also Lauren. He has a sister and two younger brothers. Twins. Yes. twins. Yes. And yes. I got one right. <laughs> yeah. So one of those blonde women was his sister. Okay. And then one was his sister-in-law. Okay. That must be weird. Oh, okay. So moving on. Um, they uh, they do the little split up conversation. Um, and the main thing that I learned from this is that um, while Lauren is off talking to one of his parents, I think one of his siblings asks whether he can talk to Lauren all night because he mentioned in the past that that was a problem with an ex that they didn't have enough to talk about. And he just looks completely stumped by that. Like, it's like he wants to say yes, but he knows the answer, knows is, the no. answer is no. Um, 
And he points out that, like, her need for reassurance is kind of the focus of what they talk about. Um, let me just say you can make a long-term relationship out of that. There's always more insecurity. <laughs> um, and Ari is also filled with insecurity. So he true. brings a lot to the table. I mean, that's you want to have similar levels, I think, because then you can spend equal amounts of time reassuring each other. Um, and then the family basically really likes Lauren. Uh, they're like not even really that open-minded to Becca by the time she arrives because they're like we like Lauren so much but then they do meet Becca and they do really like her but they also spent were you watching at this point Jacqueline? I did yeah and they spent the whole time talking about Lauren talking about Lauren it was terrible it was very weird and it's not the kind of thing that we normally see and I wonder I just had to believe that some of that was producer prodded to rattle her right like my thought was, does do they usually cut all that out? That's do also they possible. usually tell them not to do that? And this time instead, they're like, what if you brought up Lauren? Just to see, you know. I have to say, I mean, I found Becca's uh, portrayal or whatever kind of boring up until this episode. And I just felt all of her emotional reactions were so right on. I mean, throughout the whole episode, meeting the family, feeling like it was vaguely inappropriate to be talking about Lauren that much. Every time he brought up, you know, how confident she was, her being like, well, hold the phone. I mean, I'm not that confident. <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. He was definitely slot. You know what's interesting, too, is I was watching this with my husband, who has not been watching the season. I don't know why he decided tonight was a good <laughs> night to, to watch with in. me and just, like, jump in with comments whenever they're talking. Um, but he was like, wow, Becca seems really insecure and, like, a wet blanket. And Lauren seems like—and ri- I was like, I that, that is the revert—but it's— <clears throat> Because he doesn't have any of that past context. And I feel like they made an effort to get in Becca's head a little bit. They were like, Lauren is insecure. Becca's clearly so cool and collected. We need Becca to also be a little unstable. Let's throw at her constant reminders of Lauren's existence <laughs> during. And it worked. Like, it completely got in her head. Understandably, it worked. But I, I agree with you, Jacqueline, in that, to me, both Becca and Lauren weirdly have been the two that we almost got the least from yeah. this season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, so much time spent on other Becca, on Crystal. I, your breakup was incredibly compelling. And we learned a lot of things about sort of the secondary characters on the show mm-hmm. a lot. People, but I know you're human. But, like, <laughs> it, as, from a viewer perspective. Yeah. Uh, I and mean, by the end of the two, uh, their two one-on-ones back with Becca... I felt like I still had barely seen them have exchanged three sentences. Like, and with Lauren, too. And then this episode, yeah, well, we got a lot from Lauren Becca. because Lauren never, like, there Doesn't were a lot of a opportunities lot. for them to be exchanging sentences. Whereas with Becca, I felt like we were always cutting in and out of, like, look, they're over there doing an activity. And now they're over there doing an activity. Yeah. And well, hearing also, their voiceover. Yeah. Also, all dialogue has been focused on the relationship. I mean, we've learned nothing about their outside lives or personalities. Yeah. I right, just read a transcript is, of all everything Lauren's ever said on this show, and it's either it is either wow, it's freak, I'm, she's freaking out, which is funny because she never totally. I mean, <laughs> she always keeps her composure, or it's about the relationship. And obviously, Lauren has more to say than just I'm insecure about our relationship. Yeah, but that's been completely the focus yeah. of all. And and Becca too. I'm sure they talked about other things, but whenever we did see a conversation, it was. How do you feel about our relationship? Mm-hmm. I feel really good about it. I feel good do about us. Do you have us. questions? No. no. <laughs> Should you have questions? Eh. I'm concerned that you don't have any questions. It's <laughs> fine. And finally, I feel like we got to know Becca through 
this trauma, but we got to know her. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> um, and I was very, I was very compelled by her yeah. this whole episode, and I did feel like we got a bit more of her personality. Her her reacting to Ari's dad just saying, well, it would be fine regardless who he picks. And she's like, that was insulting to hear. Like, yeah. I, I appreciated that real reaction. And I feel like there was quite a tension that Becca didn't want to say certain things about the difference between her and Lauren, that it was all oh, yeah. just... <laughs> We're very different. Like, are you getting this? Like, we're extremely different. So, we're like an apple and a starfish. That's a great line. That was a fantastic line. She's obviously the starfish, I think. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I said that, I would not be thinking, I'm the apple. And look at that starfish over there. She's so cool. So um, we we did hear, I will couch this with saying it was secondhand, but we have heard that some of that tension, at least on Becca's end, stemmed from the fact that Becca and Lauren have incredibly different political and perhaps world views. Um, and I have heard that that caused an internal struggle for Becca, at least, not understanding why that didn't seem to be a, a, a factor for Ari. There it, were no factors for Ari. It was completely beyond words. It was ineffable. There were no factors. <laughs> and we there were no traits. <laughs> and I will just... say after three hours of television, I'm no closer to no. having any understanding I mean, it, of his connection with, with Lauren. I just couldn't handle the Bachelor setting. Like, I think the first question I asked Greg on our first date was whether he was Republican. Like, that's the kind of, like, person I am. I'm like, I can't separate my relationships from everything else about how I view the world. And this show loves to live in this bubble. In this bubble, but in this fairyland where things like religion and worldview and education and politics don't matter. But yeah. everyone knows when you're dating you that, right, that those are things that you talk about. Those are things that do matter and it's not a judgment on how much they should matter to you but like they factor in for all of us and those are not conversations apparently there not for, no Ari, for Ari but I have to believe that a lot of these conversations <laughs> probably came up at least within the house and that they were edited out like did you guys talk about some of that stuff yeah Definitely. <laughs> I, I'm I, I don't love talking politics as much as like philosophy, I guess I would say. I, and I, I know that's a douchey word, but um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, I remember Kendall in one of her question books was like, what do you think happens after you die? And it was really odd because a few women, I won't name names, they said they'd never thought about that, which never? is just shocking to me. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm misremembering this, but it, it was really it was really shocking. And then oh, I remember man. Becca M and I getting into a long debate. About that. I'm really jealous of that. See, that, that so is many the television I want to see. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I want to know who. No, you don't have to so tell So you us. guys all answered Kendall's questions as well. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and producers. Yeah. I love that. So would you have human flesh as part of a yeah. ritual? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine got knee surgery last year, and they gave him like a, I guess, a piece of his knee, and he and proceeded he to it? cook it. He fr fried it up. Yeah, <clears throat> didn't okay. save any for me, but <laughs> I'm. That's fair, but like yeah. you, you were like maybe next time. Maybe like next I don't time. know. I'd like to I mean, have this be, experience. Yeah, it'd be, 
it'd be cool. I mean, I want to know what it tastes like. Yeah, it, it, it would freak true. me out a lot less if the person were still alive. Like if I were just eating his his knee. Like part, if you were but, sitting there together but, and I was like, <laughs> I have your knee in my mouth right now, in a, just in a non-sexual, sure, yeah. normal way. Like you hadn't murdered that person and then eaten them yeah, for sustenance. Yeah. If I were eating corpse, there's yeah. something just sort of off-putting about that. I guess. <laughs> just like a little, a little off-putting, but not enough to um, make me. Okay, so Ari wants the, like the the final say so on his his choice, basically from his family, and they say we love them both; they're great, but Becca's the one you need. She's gonna give you a kick in the rear, like every thirty six year old man needs. You could to tell that they were get at his first like I don't want to say an opinion, and then we're just like no, no, no. We're all just gonna be honest and like. You need to pick Becca. Yeah, I think that they were kind of hoping when they said no one, like some his sister-in-law, I think, said there's someone who's a better fit for you. No one knows that better than you do. And I think that they were kind of hoping he'd be like, well, obviously Becca. Instead, he was like, <laughs> is there? I don't know. I feel like maybe. Do you, I mean, I feel like this happens at the end of every Bachelor, though. There's the chemistry person and then there's the sensible yeah. person. I mean, it, this seemed like the whole deal with Brian and Peter last Last I almost said last semester. But last uh, <laughs> uh, season. season, last graduating class of the Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, uh, and even Jordan and Robbie. I mean, it turns yeah. out she was right on, but it just feels like there's always this person you have a gravitational pull towards that is ineffable, as you say. And then, <laughs> I mean, I feel like you have to pick that person. Like we were talking about Sean and Catherine. Sean came in and was very clear that he valued marriage that he wanted to like choose someone he could really be with but when it came down to a woman we hadn't seen that much from they didn't seem to have a lot in common it was sort of confusing why she was still there and the woman who seemed to perfectly match his life and I was uh Lindsay and I was watching with uh Greg who was my boyfriend at the time he was like oh he's gonna pick Catherine and I was like what are you talking about clearly Lindsay is the right person for him he was like he's just gonna pick Catherine like it's obvious and he made that choice because he knew that that was the person he was more drawn to. And they made it work and they're married. Like if you pick the sensible choice, you always end up being like, turns out I actually don't want to be around you that much. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but. Right. At the end of the day, the things that you list on a piece of paper that you want are not the things that will sustain a long term relationship. And that's what I mean when I say I felt like I was watching someone who does not know himself that well. Because like he isn't responsive to his feelings in the right way. Like he doesn't want to listen to what he's feeling. To want Becca, but I don't think electricity sustains a long term relationship either. And I think that was his problem. I don't think that 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 it does at at all. But I think that it's kind of necessary Mm -hmm. to as a baseline. Like you need the other stuff too. But if you have an option that's like, I feel no pull to you really, but you make sense on paper, you're only going to – that's only going to get more depressing. Right. And also we should be be clear with Sean. He felt pulled towards Catherine and then made every effort during the show to lay out his deal breakers to her. We know from his – the book he wrote that he actually pressured the producers until they gave him final off-camera time with her so he could say – would you be willing to, you know, prioritize faith? This is something that's very important to me. And they had that conversation before he proposed. So yeah. you can do both, right? You can you can answer that pull and then say, and I want to double check that the list of things that I need in my life are things you're open to. And there's no, like, there's no 
regimen you can follow that will make sure that you end up marrying the person you pick. Mo- like maybe you pick the person that you feel this ineffable pull toward and it is too impractical and you split up. Maybe you pick the sensible person and you just can't get excited enough about each other and you split up. Maybe the right person for you isn't there. I've always found it crazy that you're supposed to pick from like 25 people. <laughs> um, but I feel like he was trying so hard to ignore how he actually felt that he undercut himself. And he wanted to do, I think, what his family thought was the smartest thing to do. He, it seemed like he was really— I think he was very swayed by that. And I think he was really upset that they clearly preferred Becca. Like, he seemed bothered by that. I think he was also under <clears throat> immense pressure to be a successful bachelor. Yeah. Yes. And that's why I felt a tremendous amount of guilt for leaving because I— I mean, I felt like I was undercutting his sort of really image really? of being, yeah, of being perfectly desirable. <laughs> <laughs> but he is perfectly desirable, obviously. Um, I mean, I can see why he would feel that way. Um, there's really just no way to know how how your season is going to play out until and you're watching it back. Unfortunately, you often do yourself a disservice by trying to control that narrative too much. Yeah. I mean, because I, you can tell. Yeah. The viewer yeah. can tell. I I could tell how controlled he was trying to be and it was boring. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I mean I don't I don't know if that actually played in. I just have to imagine it could have. Um it's not I mean it's not that much fun going into that role knowing that nobody's rooting for you and that they would yeah. have been three years ago. Um so uh, in, and that's why I feel some empathy for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an easy position and I think that the show there is an expectation that you are going to deliver the audience the fairy tale ending that they are expecting. Mm-hmm. And we know that mm-hmm. you face a lot of blowback if you don't. And to be honest, I think he wasn't wrong to and I think he had an awareness that people would want him to pick someone who wasn't a blonde 25-year-old who seemed like an adult who seemed to make sense for someone who claimed to want to start a family right away. I think that he was aware there would be blowback if he picked Lauren, but it turns out it was worse to do it this way. Right. Um, So uh, basically at this point, we cut into the dates. He takes Lauren to Machu Picchu. Huge tell. She gets all the coolest dates. Yeah. Like, yeah, she got to see the Nazca lines. I was lines. irrationally furious at him. Like, Becca gets to walk around in the rain and try on sweaters. <laughs> what? And Becca M. said in, when I listened to last week's podcast with Juliet, she said that they didn't have access to a bathroom on their glamping date. What? And she had to That's pee, not glamping. pee in the desert in a hole. I will. I mean, I will say I did think that actually was the coolest. That fantasy. was very cool. So too. But I'm, I'm just but saying you walk be. around in the rain and you don't have access to a bathroom on your sexy date. Like, yeah. that is just Lauren also mean. gets all the cool cultural dates. And I feel like Becca would, would really appreciate, appreciate that. More. Um, however... Lauren is actually really excited about Machu Picchu. It seems like he told her some things on their fantasy suite date that she's feeling very confident now. We see a much more outgoing, energetic side of her on this date, um, which is nice to actually see. And uh, uh, Ari says some crazy things during this portion. He says that he can tell us there's a little speckle in her left eye (laughs) and he has an unexplainable feeling about her. Um. I don't know what a speckle in the eye is, like an eye freckle or a or something. Um, and then 
in the uh, that night he comes to her suite to hang out, and she basically is like, "You've changed the way I look at love. We have something different from anything I've ever experienced before, and I'm excited to spend the rest of my life with you." And he says, "When I look at you, I just feel so much." And I love that. <laughs> no. It was like again, quite a sentence. There's always been this unexplainable thing with you. Yeah. It's just like a feeling. It's just like it's a love. feeling. <laughs> um, okay. This is my favorite bit of dialogue from the whole show. So we have to talk about it. He asks what she'd see in their future together. I know it's a hard question. And she says, it's not a hard question. Here's what would happen. In the morning, we'd wake up and we'd have coffee and then we'd walk the dogs and then we'd go to work. And then after work, we'd make dinner and have a glass of wine. And that's the whole future. (laughs) You don't. I I was. okay. so I'm sorry to insert myself here. No, no, please please. insert yourself constantly. The the first week I. When I didn't get a date, I knew I had to like do something um, attention grabbing. So, <laughs> I made a plate of exotic aphrodisiacs, and the whole point was I was like, "If you want to be married this? to me, they cut this." Yeah, shame. They were like, "I was like, if you want to be married to me, th- I want our life to be one of adventure and curiosity and learning." And yeah, and, and so it's just I, I just I couldn't. It's just the difference in <laughs> yeah. Well, Ari is mature now, and that means that he. Eats oatmeal and wears yeah. cardigans. And... I mean, the disappointing thing about his edit is that he's actually quite cosmopolitan. And it's odd when you see him in Italy talking about pasta and wine because he has been all over Europe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's right. His provincial He's guy. just not great at talking about it. No, like, he a... will just say the thing. It's like, Italy is so cool. It's great. I love pasta. Yeah. And it's like, he very much seems like someone who only knows about Italy from, like, watching a like Italian 101 it's video. For the number of times we've heard about his parents and seen his parents, Ari makes us forget that his family is European. European. I mean, do remember he's he's not a wordsmith, but everything he can say, he can also say in Dutch. So that just doubles that his vocabulary. That is very yes. true. That is a good point. I mean, what made me crazy about this conversation, like, honestly, I'm a person of routine. I like everyone likes travel, but I'm I'm not the kind of person who would put I want to travel on my dating bio. I love having coffee in the morning and having wine at night while I make dinner. I, I'm a creature of habit. That's fine. But when someone says, I know this is a hard question, but how do you see our future together? He's not asking whether you want to have coffee in the morning. He's asking, like, where are we going to live? Like, do you you want want to belong to a church? Do you you want want, children? Like, when do you want to get married? Like, do you want to, like, travel a lot? Like, are you a homebody? But not, like, the whole thing, just describing an average day in the life. Like, that is the easy answer to that question. But it's like she didn't even know there would be another way of answering it. I was, like, frustrated by that because he was trying to ask her, like, sort of a hard question about how their life would go. And it just completely... Well, didn't there's, happen. There's a notable lack of depth, I think, in a lot of her um, answers. To, to And also just, like, when she kind of describes her fears or insecurities, it's the same, just, like... Uh, and know. that is why I have a hard time watching them, but simultaneously keep thinking, perhaps they are a great match, because the two of them have a similarly shallow way of answering most questions, and they just talk at each other, like, about how they love each other and how their connection is inexplicable and how they see the world in a similar way and know what each other is thinking. And all I kept thinking was, of course you know, because 
there's three options of what you're thinking at any given time. As yeah. far as we, as, as far as we can tell, as far as we can tell. Um, yeah. And that's a very mean thing to say. I'm sure they both have much more depth than we're seeing, but it is notable that that's the way their quote unquote intense conversation seem to play out. Right. I mean, and I should say I, I very much like both of these people. So, I mean, I think part of it is the edit edit. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know. I wasn't in the room. <laughs> it's they really didn't let hard. you just like fly in and like, watch. Um, and then they talk about how they're, they're, he'll go golfing with her dad. Um, and uh, at some point, was it during this point or later, she mentions that she met him before? Oh, yeah, she did. Okay, Robert Mills, I tweeted at him and was like, what? Because I have no yeah. memory of us hearing about this before. Um, yeah. Robert Mills said they had met at a racing event it, in it, Dallas. It's really not very interesting. I mean, she, when her limo entrance, she brought a, um, you see her with a frame, and it's a picture of the two of them. So she had seen him, I guess, at a race and had asked for a photo. But okay, I don't so think that he remembered. Is she into racing or did she the bachelor? try to meet know. him on purpose? I don't, I don't remember. Sorry. This is no, that's fine. It's but it is, I think, an important question because if she was like an Ari groupie before, then I would just not be a fan of that. I, I don't think she. I don't think she was like an Ari groupie. I mean, I, maybe she was like, oh, you know, I'm in town, and the, you know, this guy I've seen The Bachelor, but I don't. I don't get the feeling from her ever that she was like yeah. a fan. No, I haven't either. Which is why that yeah. would be crazy if that's like when I heard that, I was like, wait, what? Like she got a photo with him at an event? Yeah. That seems yeah. a little. Um, so at this point, Lauren is feeling super confident, and she says, I don't think Ari would have let me tell him all the things that I told him if he knew he was picking Becca. Oof. I really felt for Lauren yeah. during this first part. Me too. Um, and it's like he very deliberately gave her, like whenever they either of them shows a sense of like being aware that there's another person or being afraid – He's like, put that out of your mind. Oh, like, no. have confidence in us. Like, believe in us. My personal least favorite line of the episode was when he goes, I, I just want to reassure you, you know, because I, I do love you, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, but you ju- but you say it to Becca. That's not a reassurance. He also exactly. did not tell. I'm, I'm pissed off that he didn't, that he wasn't up front with both of them and saying, I told the other woman I right. loved her too. Right, like Ben did. Because, right. yeah, because he's treating the... Yeah, don't worry about it because I do love you as if it's an answer to her fears when it is not because he also loves the other person. Right. So her fears are – but so what he's Completely implying valid. is you are the one I love right. and the only one I love. And it doesn't even seem to occur to him that that was a really bad thing to do until the morning of the proposal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Becca just walks around uh, in Cusco with Ari they have a lot of conversations. At one point, they are sitting at, like, an outdoor bar, and they each have, like, a literal bucket of smoothie in front of them. Did you guys see this? Those <laughs> no. were the largest drinks I've ever seen. I somehow <laughs> I thought it was a pitcher, that. and then I realized there were two of them, and they were cups. Um, so basically, she's just starting to show a little um, fear and insecurity and is saying, you know, I am sure how I, of how I feel. I'm sure about our relationship. It's good. But I am not a moron, and I know there's another person, so obviously I'm a little freaked out. And he's like, no, I need you to be confident. Am I rock, please? And she's like, listen, I'm too, 
I'm she was like basically by the end she was like I'm here for you like <laughs> let me help you through and this. And that seems to be the role she plays yeah. throughout then. How can I help you work out your conflicted emotions? Yeah. She's like I know this is hard on you and we're doing it together. And I was like maybe it is hard on him but like he also says something very interesting I think in an ITM where he basically says I view that he views himself as Lauren's protector and as mm-hmm. Becca's teammate. Yeah, he says that to his family. Oh, is that to his family? But I yeah. thought that was so telling because I think he knows he should want a teammate, but he wants to be someone's protector. And he is very open at the time. He's like, and I love that Lauren needs me. Like, he knows that he likes that. But he also hears himself saying Becca's my teammate. And he's like, oh, right, that's the thing that I should do, probably. Um Becca's last thing is that she shows him a little scrapbook uh, that she made for him of their time together. And she tells him that the day they met was the eighth anniversary of her dad's death. And she knows her dad would have loved Ari. And I'm like, not anymore. Um, That That was was brutal. Awful. Um, And... He keeps saying, like, whereas with Lauren, like, ineffable feeling. I just love her for some reason. With Becca, he's not even saying that he loves her. He's just saying, I know she'd be a great mom. Feeling nervous about what's going to happen at this point. Um, Okay, so morning of the proposal, he basically says he still isn't sure what he's going to do. I thought he said that he woke up with a sense of clarity. Yeah, he does. He says he happens every season miraculously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Two hours ago, (laughs) I had no idea. And then I woke up and I was very clear. But usually they don't say that to the woman they dumped. Like, I just figured it out just now. Like, that was (laughs) right. And he does say to Lauren, I decided three hours ago. Yeah. And she was understandably peeved about that (laughs) yeah so Um, (laughs) i i have to say um both of their proposal day dresses were stunning both women looked real good lauren's was so good it was so good yeah i would put that dress on and then i would be like give me my in the moment now i feel so confident no man could dump this (laughs) like look at this it's perfect that fringe and you could hear it yeah rustling i I, yeah Um, And she says that she and Ari have a love that is beyond what most people ever have in their lives. This really bothered you, Claire. It really (laughs) bothered me. Explain why. I think because it just seems so (laughs) self-absorbed. Yeah. It's like probably most people feel like – their love is pretty great. Like, who are you to evaluate whether other people's love is as good as yours? Like, it's it's like kind of a trope, like a fairy tale trope of like a love that is beyond Transcends. transcendent, perfect love. It's appealing, but it's also really kind of self-aggrandizing. And that, I, and also, I'm like, listen, I'm sure you would look at my like marriage and be like my love story with Ari is so much more romantic. But you know what my husband never did? Dump me for another woman <laughs> when I was expecting a proposal. I also so, think like, that— So, like, you can fuck out of here with there's that. There's a good lesson in there that, like, the the narratives we tell ourselves about our love stories are often counterproductive. Yes. You know, I feel like some of the people that have probably caused me the most pain, I had the best stories with. And that kept me 
hooked mm-hmm. to that person for longer because it was such a good story. I think that the appeal of going on The Bachelor and getting proposed that way, though, is what she's saying. You you get engaged at the height of infatuation and you never have to deal with the periods where you're no longer attracted to the person or the challenges <laughs> or the, the the thoughts that, you know, is there anything better? I, like, that's what the whole show is meant to create is that, I mean, it's a false feeling, but it's still, I mean, you can see where she gets it because it was, that's the love potion. That's yeah, right. you are in a bubble. You are literally have nothing else to think about. Right. Yeah, um, and, and I'm, I'm sure, sure. I'm sure you. I would love to hear from you. Like leaving the show, was there a period of sort of emotional come down after? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> couple months. <laughs> Is it like Still an addiction? Would you be like, I would go back on to experience that again? Was uh, it that good? What uh, like? Would I repeat the experience or would I do another show? With- like another Bachelor show, whether it's going back on The Bachelor, which people have done, or going on as Bachelorette or Paradise. I mean, I probably do Bachelorette just because. But, I mean, the problem is I'm such, like, an adventure seeker. And I, I, I don't know if I could say that I'd go on. I mean, like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you never thought about that? <laughs> no, I have. But, you know, one of the reasons. So you hear me say in that breakup, I don't. All these people are so sure. I don't know what kind of partner I am. Mm-hmm. And it's because I, I think that I'm kind of impulsive and I could see just doing it, you know, and getting engaged at the end. But I, I the, the the Jesus on my shoulder is always going to be like, <laughs> come on, Jacqueline. Like, you, you know, I should probably be in a long relationship where I'm tested because I, I don't uh, – I'm trying to figure out how to say this articulately. I, I don't like take – Hmm. (laughs) a lot of people have a template for their relationship these are the rules for the relationship these are the transgressions that you do not um Mm. you know act on and i i'm more of like i think i need to invent my own relationship i need to invent the rules and the values and i think it's really difficult to do over a two-month period so there's a lot understandable yeah (laughs) Um, I, I, yeah, so I don't know that I totally believe in the practicality or the longevity of a relationship that can come out of that. However, I do think that you can have very intense feeling and that that can propel a relationship. So, I mean, I think the ideal course is to, you can go on the show and you can have that relationship, but it has to be something you're kind of willing to say goodbye to, if that's what makes sense. And that Mm -hmm. is what ends up happening. So the proposal, it just always... I mean, that's the TV element. Yeah. And like going back to the beginning of the Bachelor, you know, franchise, the proposal was not quite such a focal point. And it has become that because at this point they've gotten so many people to propose that they're like, we're not going to go back to the days of let's just hang out. You're essentially failing if you don't propose. You're not giving people the fairy tale proposal. And then they they give you that huge incentive of the massive, expensive ring. Right. And I understand the premise of just being like, I'm so into this person. Mm -hmm. I want to date them. I feel that I want to marry them one day. So why not get that ring? And if it works out, yeah, great. I do, too, actually. I I don't Mm -hmm. think it's an insane thing to do. But, I mean, it is why the relationships end. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, it, you know, it raises – it's necessary for the show. I mean, it wouldn't be exciting if it was just like, oh, no, your boyfriend and girlfriend, you walk off. Um, it raises the stakes. <laughs> See how it goes. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I'm – like, this proposal series, 
last night was really hard to watch because we knew that it was not going to play out very mm-hmm. well. Um, but there is usually that moment where you're like, oh, they do love each other and this is going to be the exception and they're going to build Just- a beautiful life together. And it reminds you of beautiful romances you've had in your life and like the potential for your future. And right, despite that was our better, undercut Despite last night. our better judgment, I find myself buying into that every season yeah. because yeah. it is it is that emotionally satisfying arc that hits something yeah. very base inside of you. Yeah. Uh, and last night we saw something very different where the proposal felt flat. Flat and inconsequential. Yeah. It's hard to even even talk about it. He did not even look enthusiastic while he was proposing. So here's the weird thing. And, like, I don't know if you watched Jason Mesnick's season. I didn't. This was the Mesnick 2.0 season. But Claire and I have watched it, but we watched it not later, like last year. So Jason sends Molly home before his proposal and is so distraught that it is hard to imagine how he could have gotten himself back together enough to propose to someone else that same day. He like sobbing over a balcony. Sobs. Ari sends Lauren home and I see no emotion. That was surprising to me. I thought we were going to see a little mesnic, a little like tear, a little... We saw the, the most distraught little... we see him is that when she's giving her pre-proposal to him and talking about how he's the only man in the world for her, he sort of grimaces and shakes his head. That is the most emotion we see from him. He's an emotional person, too. I mean, he's it was very, very break. And that's why I'm yeah, very confusing. We actually almost saw more emotion from him during that breakup than anything last night. Yeah. It was and Lauren was very astounding to me. Lauren seemed quite emotional, but in a very restrained way. She was crying but not sobbing she doesn't you know yell at him she says she's very confused why did you do that and finally gets in the limo and leaves and is sort of like I don't know how he could as he just told her not be sure who he's picking until that morning and then be ready to propose that same day. Yeah, she made some really valid points in her exit. <laughs> I would say that. Yeah, she said, are you really getting on one knee if you didn't know until three hours ago? And yeah. to me, that was like a, a Lauren with a little more edge, a little more personality than perhaps Yeah, this is what the they season. did with Lauren. They're like, she's super reserved. Let's crack her open emotionally and see what comes out. It, like, I was so pissed at Ari, the way that he coaxed her open and found out about all her fears and then almost used them as a justification for why she wasn't ready enough for him to propose and and let her go when he had finally gotten her to feel confident and comfortable. Like, it just seemed gratuitously cruel. I know that's not what he was doing on purpose, but it was really hard to watch. And then we see the proposal. Well, we also see him say... I feel a little bit like a monster. All I wanted was to tell Lauren, I love you, but I'm saying goodbye. And, and he, he does. also does He tell does her, say, I love you. Yeah. After he has broken up with her. This and then, was such a mess. poor Becca, again, it got windy and overcast by the time it was time for her proposal. Signs from the universe. Um, and he looked—Ari looked like he was on the verge of throwing up the whole time. Yeah. He tells her that his love for her is unmeasurable— and that they're a team, and that she is beautiful and elegant. It was a very detached declaration of love. Yeah, and yet um, we see this unbridled giddiness. 
Becca's the, so excited. Afterwards, where he says, "When we should start having children tonight. Yeah, when uh, are we going to start having kids? And he says, I choose you today and I will choose you every day. Yeah, that was brutal. Which is just, if you didn't know if you wanted to propose to either of them until three hours ago, don't make declarations like that. It almost feels like he is telling himself what he's going to do rather than declaring what he believes he wants to do. He's like, here's what I'm going to do. I will continue choosing you one day at a time. Can't be that hard. Just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. <laughs> he And again, I appreciate the immense pressure he was under. But if you are that unsure, do the harder thing and the truer thing and say, I'm not proposing to either one of you. I need more time. I need to see where this goes. I need us to spend time yeah. outside in the world. What's interesting is that that is sort of what Juan Pablo does. He did it really badly, but <laughs> right. he is presented as sort of a bachelor villain for not proposing. But that's not what bothered oh, me about him. Oh, that's not what him. bothered me either. But that I think that when Chris Harrison is like, one of the most notorious conclusions is when he rejected both women. And I'm like, he didn't. He and Nikki dated for like four <laughs> years. Like they were together for a while. They were on celebrity couples yeah, counseling together. they were together, together for at least a year or two after. Um, yeah. So whatever to Chris Harrison. But um, it was just it was really heartbreaking to see how excited she was, how much thought she had put into their future. And he was kind of dangling it in front of her. Like, we're going to start having kids any minute. They now. also did something interesting with the music cues, which those are always extremely telling, but they didn't do just the beautiful fairy tale music. They usually do. They kept intercutting it with some darker, more uncertain <laughs> music cues, which I just noticed because I was so primed for it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they, like, zoom in when her rose breaks. And, like, yeah. they were just playing up all of these inconsequential things and using them as symbols. And then Chris cut to Chris in the studio going, normally this is where the story ends. It feels like it's not really the end of the story, though. Like, it's oh, like, really? Because yeah, Us Weekly told us that a week doesn't ago. Doesn't feel like it, Chris. So weird. Um, you guys didn't see my huge air quotes there. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with a lot more from Jacqueline and a lot more on this epic emotional breakup. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. 
Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well balanced. I feel full after and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 and use code LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI 50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer 
running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article, that lovely chair out on my deck, article, our big console, article, I'm my bed frame, article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Hey, everyone. We want to give you a heads up that we'll be in Austin for South by Southwest this Saturday. We're thrilled to be a part of this year's South by Southwest Festival, doing a live episode of Here to Make Friends at the South by Southwest podcast stage at the Fairmont Hotel on March 10th. South by Southwest has been helping creative people achieve their goals for over 30 years. From emerging artists to groundbreaking thinkers, South by Southwest is the place where new ideas develop and amazing discoveries are made. If you want to come see us live, visit southbysouthwest.com, that's sxsw.com, where you can purchase a badge to see not only us, but all the inspiring conference sessions, music, films, and other awesome stuff they're doing. We're two hours in, and yet now we have to get to what was the actual meat and emotional core of this finale. We were just laying some groundwork there for 40 minutes. (laughs) Remember when we said said 10 minutes? Yeah. this happens every week. Um, so well, first we see a lot of footage of their happy couple weekends, which made me curious whether they normally a same do that. I was very confused by that. Yeah. But like the thing is, we don't know. So wait, whether they take video footage. Right. Well, so okay, if no, I'm so Becca, I, I wouldn't know whether that was unusual. They or weren't not. they weren't filming it. Most of what we saw at the beginning was not like professional filming it was it was iphone footage and Mm -hmm. we know that that some of it was professional 
I think it was mostly on an iPhone. And we know that that does happen because that's how Caitlyn spoiled her season was she was Snapchatting videos to what she thought was the producer. And then she Snapchatted to everyone. So I think that they were doing a lot of like casual videoing and probably sending to production. And I'm sure production was encouraging them like take cute videos. There are a lot of videos where it's the two of them together not in a selfie. For, so even if that's right. taken on an iPhone, someone else was yeah, taking I think, that. Yeah, I think probably a producer. And I think they probably made more of a concerted effort to do this because yeah. clearly he was very upfront pretty early on that he was conflicted. And they knew that it was smart yeah. to get that stuff. Um, and we see this, some very like lighthearted, sweet footage first. They're cuddling. They're, they say they're in love. They're making pizza dough, which I thought was really cute. And we just know that this is all building up to something really, really brutal. Yeah. And he says sometimes when he's doing the getaways with Becca, he wonders how it would be with Lauren. He thinks about Lauren all the time. When he goes to bed. When, when he, he wakes, wakes up, up. In between, maybe. And remember that this is this breakup happened in about mid-January. Mm-hmm. The Bachelor ended filming before Thanksgiving. So this has been two months. Yeah. I think like a little less than two months. Because I think the breakup happened, like, early, mid-January. And I think taping ended. Before, you know what? It doesn't yeah. matter. It was um, approximately two months. A little under. And apparently he's told Becca that he still has feelings for Lauren. I can't imagine. Like, once I heard that, I looked at all that footage of her, like, laughing while they were making pizza or, like, hanging out in the hammock. And I'd be like, there would be no footage like that of me. The minute I found out he was still thinking about Lauren, I would just be crying all the time. Like, I'm not an emotionally strong person like that. (laughs) I can't compartmentalize and be like, we have a good relationship, but he's still working. I would be like, oh, you love someone else? Cool. I'm going to go, like, dissolve into a puddle for months now. It must happen often, though. Yeah. I mean, you can't go from, yeah, being conflicted about two women to then never thinking about them again. And one thing that we've heard from, like, Sean and from Ben a little bit is how hard you have to work even to reassure women, the woman you choose, that you you, you don't still have those feelings. So right. usually they come out of it and they're like, I know I made the right choice. I'm committed to you. I don't still think about her. I'm not really still in love with her. I loved her, but it ended for the—you know, so they're doing a lot of work to actively say, I don't still find myself in love with her. Ari went the other direction. Well, yeah, Becca's his therapist in this instance. Apparently. I can't imagine being in her position. And it seemed like though he was—it was implied that though he was being— somewhat upfront with her about how conflicted he was it it seemed to be framed in a way of like I'm feeling this conflict but you can help me through it and we're gonna get through this together and instead she essentially was helping him sort out the fact that he was going to leave her in a very public way yeah um and I just want to read I just saw that Becca did give an interview to people and she said there was a better and more tactful way to do it a breakup is hard enough and to have it all filmed and have to rewatch it and know that people all across the country are watching you get your heart broken. It's embarrassing. It's not fun. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It was like a slap in the face. I wish he would have been more honest with me. From the questions I was asking, I would have appreciated the full truth. I was obviously blindsided. Like, did I miss something? I was asking you these things and you didn't tell me. What did I miss? How could I not have seen any of this to the extent of how it played out? 
At one point, I asked him if he wanted to make it work with Lauren, and his response was, yeah, I want to try. So in that instance, I knew. I knew at that point, okay, I'm sure he's going to try to make up for last time, and he'll probably go there soon to make it work. So this was the thing that made me crazy about the breakup. No, I'm not going to say that. A lot of things made me crazy. But there was a lot of emphasis on how he had told Becca that he still had feelings for Lauren and that it was hard for him, that he was honest with her about that. I feel like you've got to either be full honest and let her evaluate that or not honest. Like, like don't grapple with it yourself. Grapple with it yourself and, and don't tell her because then you're putting it on her to deal with the fact that you still want someone else. Or tell her everything and let her say, I don't want to be with someone who maybe wants to get back together with his ex. Like, I think that he gave her the exact worst amount of honesty that he possibly could for her emotional well-being. And I don't. I don't know what the rationale was for him. Yeah. Also, she said that after the series premiere premiered on January 1st, I knew that he had liked some of her Instagram photos. Mm-hmm. So we had a conversation about it. <laughs> and that was the first time he really threw it out that he should have had that he should have have a conversation with her and just apologize for how things had ended and that he had felt guilty. So that was January 1. This breakup happened Within two weeks after that. Yeah. So his honesty started within a, two weeks of the breakup. Apparently. I mean, it's hard to know. Like, even though we saw the whole breakup, it's hard to know. Because Becca was out f- completely blindsided. So we should say that the breakup happens at a happy couple weekend. So she gets there and is there. At this point, there are film crews there. She's doing in the moment interviews saying, like, she must Ari's be slightly confused. Yet. She seems completely unfazed by it. And I have to wonder if there just isn't enough clarity. Like, we don't know what normally goes on at these. The only people who know usually don't talk about them that much. It's one private thing they have. Maybe if I'm Becca, I'm like, oh, like, this probably always happens and they just never really bother to use the footage. But, like, got to go through the whole routine. So she's saying, you know, Ari's not here yet. I can't wait to see him. Like, look at this ring. It's so big. He did such a great job picking it. The fact that they asked her about the ring Mm -hmm. just to prime her. It was... And it was enormous, by the way. It was poor Neil Lane really just did not get the romantic promo that he normally gets on this show. But maybe that's why they had her talk about how great the ring was. They were like, "Uh uh-oh, Neil's going to be upset. Maybe (laughs) just see if at least Becca thinks the ring is cool. Now his rings are cursed. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then we see him come in and greet her, and she's so excited to see him. She doesn't seem to have any sense that there is a serious conversation about to happen and I'm thinking back to Jason's breakup with Melissa and when we see them sit down on the couch to quote unquote break up it's clear that she already knows that the relationship is over she's already very cold with him and upset in this case studio where she knows she's going to be filmed to have a relationship talk right Becca seems completely caught off guard um, he sits her down on the couch. He's like, oh, how was Vegas? By the way, I don't love you and I want to break up. <laughs> like, it was so, it was like, almost like he didn't plan it. Like, he was like, I don't know how to start a conversation like this. Right. Did and you not bother think about me. that? I'm sorry. Have your thoughts gathered. You've had prep time. You are being filmed. 
have your thoughts gathered a little bit better. And also, perhaps throw in, I'm sorry, before you get 49 minutes into it. Yeah, 49 minutes until he said, I'm sorry. Wow. And you know what? Yeah. He does say at the beginning, you know, I've been struggling a little bit. And over the last couple of times we've been hanging out, I've been really trying to sort my feelings out. So it does seem like they had like a month of good engagement and everything seemed fine. And then he was like, I'm having some issues with this. I want to maybe talk to Lauren, just try to put it behind me. And Beck was like, I understand. Like, this and must have been so hard for you. And it is understandable that doing the press rounds and having to watch things back would bring up some of this stuff. I don't fault him for having an emotional reaction to something that was like a very intense experience. I, I watching this, I felt, and I think it was on um, Bachelor Party with Juliet that they were talking about how leads often say, when you once you know who you're going to pick, you need to start protecting that person and making sure that they come off well and making sure that they're not going to be, you know, embarrassed or thrown to the wolves. That like that's for your relationship. You need he to be looking out for them. These women he the threw wolves. them both to the wolves. And I think that what I noticed in his dynamic with Becca is that he seemed to think that she didn't need his protection and so he didn't need to be bothered with it. Like his thing with her is always, you're so strong, you're so confident, you're my teammate. He doesn't treat her like someone who he thinks needs any protection. No, she's there to support his emotions. Right. Well, that's the thing. You should both be protecting each other. And as the lead, he has that extra onus. He has a bigger platform than her. People are paying more attention to him. He has the extra. Just because Becca is personally strong and confident doesn't mean that he shouldn't be looking out for her well-being. And it doesn't seem like that was part of his calculus at any point. I did love that her first reaction was just, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I, I think that it must be humiliating to walk into that trap and have that aired. But on the other hand, if that's going to happen, I think you want Becca's reaction yes yeah no and this is clear and what we know happened with jason mesnick now and i'm sure it happened here is they have you under contract they say like you can end your engagement at any time if you don't still need anything from production but if you want to pursue your runner-up you do need their say so because they have you locked down real tight and so they will say you can you know we'll put you back in touch with lauren but you have to play it out this way for the tv show for us because we have you under these contracts. And I have to believe that he, again, had he been a little bit of a, you know, stronger convictions type of person, argued with them to soften the way things went. Mm-hmm. But I think he did feel so beholden yeah. to the show that he went along with perhaps the most invasive way this could have gone. And it felt like we were... Like, we shouldn't have been there as viewers. Whenever, and he, there was a mirror behind Ari on the couch, so you could really see the camera people, like, all the time. And it was very jarring to be reminded how in Becca's face these cameras were while she's going through this very vulnerable moment. And it was They're also... They're, like, right there. It was fucking riveting. I mean, it was I couldn't look away. not... It didn't feel produced. It made me feel very edited. Very guilty. Yes. I felt both. That's what I'm saying. Both of those things at the same time, like riveted, like I was watching a real breakup. Like I was watching. There were pieces of it that I could see my own romantic history in. It was cringeworthy. I felt sort of ill and nauseous watching it and I couldn't look away. And it was very odd to have all of those things happen at once. Yeah. 
I had a really hard time with myself. Like we Emma and I were sort of talking earlier about what the line is of you know how real should reality TV be before it's too intrusive. And I think the line is whatever the market will bear. Like there's no other ethical guideline and we watched it and we enjoyed it, they're going to do it again and they're going to try to push it even further. They're going to push it as far as the audience will let them. And like, I don't want to take too much responsibility off ABC for that, but the reality is they will stop when it is no longer financially like rational for them to push it further. And I bet the ratings last night were better than the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the rest of the season. Right. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I actually thought a lot of the season was really good because I loved watching this group women. of women. But this was Ari's not still a good talker. Ari is not a good talker. He is very, he is not good at carrying this show. Last night was compelling. Last night felt real. There was real exchange happening. And it was insanely frustrating to watch. I need to call out one of the lines that he said twice that like oh god made me so fucking furious. I need to find it now. And he said I've highlighted it. If you okay, click on my icon, it'll take okay, you there. There's our <laughs> Yeah. He said, I think for me, the more I hung out with you, the more I felt like I was losing the possibility of maybe reconciling things with Lauren. As though that's the justification. Like, by pursuing our relationship, I wasn't pursuing the other relationship. And I kept realizing that. Don't you get it now? Hey, why would you ever say that to another person? He he goes, you don't deserve for me to only be half in. And she's like, well, are you going to be half in with Lauren? Like, what? this logic doesn't make any sense. And he's like, no. Well, that's the thing is that he, whenever he clarified in any way, it was always insulting. Like, he was like, the thing is, I'm trying to give my my all to you, but I can't because I'm conflicted. And she's like, so you're going to be conflicted with her? And he's like, no, he's I will like, be no, totally 100%. sure about her. And he's like, no, I gave it a lot of thought. <laughs> yeah. Sure you did. For him, like, a lot of thought, I feel like, is like 20 minutes. Um, and but this I love is, that she essentially that calls his... out, like, yeah, that's that's the premise of a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> The longer you spend on a relationship, the further you are from, from starting a different relationship. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think that, that that was the end of his first little opening speech. And so her first response to him is, so I'm what? She, no, she says, so what? Do you want to get back with her? And that's right. She later mentions that in an interview that that was the moment that when he says, I want to see if there's that possibility that she finally knows because she knew that he was conflicted. That's the first time he said I want to be with her, not you. Exactly. And then she says, are you fucking kidding me? Which <laughs> She says that a is few mainly times. The rest and I just, of what she says, great. mainly. It was great. Um, and then we find out that he had a conversation with Lauren. and Which we know happened on the night of the premiere, which was January 1st. Yeah, and she knew. Yeah, she knew, but apparently didn't know that it was about how he still loved Lauren and wanted to get back with Lauren. Um, like, I thought this was about Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> I thought this was like, sorry that Becca's obviously way better for me, but like I did what I had to do. Um, and he says, you know, when I spoke to her, I realized there was all that feeling still. Um, this conversation just keeps going. At some point, she takes off her ring. I kind of missed it. Um but 
she's finally like, okay, I'm done, and walks away. But it is not done. They have decided they're getting a full hour of TV out of this. Yeah. So then Ari and the cameras have to, like, pursue her around this Airbnb <laughs> so that she, she will she continue to trick, engage. Is, go into the bathroom. Yeah. And close the door. And close the door. Yeah. Um, but it's not because then he, you know, she's like, he please leave. He leaves. He comes back. He knocks on the door. Hey, are you okay? No, she's not okay. You do not get to be told what you did is okay when you hurt another person. Mm-hmm. It's not that in the course of a relationship, like breakups happen. They are terrible. People get hurt. That other person isn't okay. And it is not on them to reassure you. Like yeah. that is... When you have the control in a relationship, what you give up is the ability to be comforted by that other person. Yeah. And I would have been so angry if I were her that I managed to stay calm and collected and wait until he left to go to the bathroom to cry. And then he ambushed me crying. (laughs) Like, no, that's one thing I wanted you to not get from me is watching me cry over you. Uh And he just casually saunters in and is like, hey, I see her crying over me. She even said that. She's like, well, you finally saw me cry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. That. Yeah. Um, I, that made me feel like they'd had a conversation where he said right. she wasn't emotional enough or something. And yet we haven't seen it from him. Where's yeah. his emotion in this? He has yet to cry Jason Mesnick had a, like, 10-minute conversation with um, Melissa, Melissa, and he's crying. And I'm not saying everyone has to have the same emotional reaction. But I am. But I'm I wanted that. something yeah, from him. Weird. It was very weird. He was dead behind the eyes. It's it was weird to me also because it's not even like he's he can't summon it for Becca. He didn't summon it when he mm-hmm. broke up with Lauren either. I was so it, it does seem like it's just how he is. But Well, he cried when Becca Martinez left. That's true. He did. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he used everything up with you and Becca. Um, yeah, he was and, misty with me, too. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. But it seems I mean, like he had nothing left. That may have been an ego thing. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that <laughs> is like, more hurtful you're to him. Me? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I sort of feel like by the time it got to the finale, he had detached emotionally from everything that was happening. Yeah, I mean, self-protective, I suppose. Yeah. It definitely seemed like he didn't want to... Also, she this this second round of conversation. Oh, God. She says, I think five different times, please leave. Yes, please leave. I know. Leave. And he keeps saying, "Okay, I'm leaving." Okay, and then not motionless. And when then, someone asks you, I get trying one time. When you have been asked five times to leave, the only get thing the I'm going to say in this defense because I have to do this. <laughs> I'm always devil's advocate. No, please. No, it's good. It is probably very difficult to walk away from an engagement, even if you were the one ending it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you just seek out those last few seconds of togetherness and being, you know, in that relationship. And, you know, and it's hard also to walk away from somebody who's hurting. Yeah. Um, and but... you, you want to reach the conclusion that feels. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Conclusive. I mm-hmm. feel like. And I... they did not. He did not get that from her. Right. To be honest, like I. I totally relate to that. I would not want the conversation to be over after 10 minutes. I've always been the person who has breakups that last seven hours, you know? Um, Those were like my college breakups. Oh, yeah. And sometimes he would be like, can you please leave now? And I would be like, I physically can't. 
believe. People ask me too, like I got so much criticism for kissing Ari during our breakup, but those are the moments when you seek intimacy, right? As when you're, was when you're severing. It is extremely, there's a thing called breakup sex. Like we all know that that exists, but (laughs) we all seem baffled by it, like on The Bachelor. (laughs) Right. But Becca did not want breakup sex. Nope. She did not want to be touched. Right. It's not that I don't understand why he wouldn't want to leave. And I do empathize with him not wanting to leave another person that he and I do believe he cares for her. Yeah. Hurting that badly. At the same time, at a certain point, it becomes a disrespect of her boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Because what she needed was him to leave her present so that she could process. Especially and because he would not do that. She is sort of moving through this home trying to get away from all these intrusions on her emotions and he is following her. I mean, she, but it's amazing. She came off, uh, came off as such a badass even when she yes. was crying. I mean, yeah. she never... She handled herself she just, so she well. Had this, it was like the whole weight of male disappointment was suddenly on her shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, no, girl. Like, what? No, yeah. <laughs> I know. In that moment, I felt this sort of sense that she had been almost in this willing suspense of disbelief, mm-hmm. stay where she was expending a lot of energy believing in the relationship, believing that he was going to come through for her, not doubting, not worrying. And then in that moment, that all just snapped and she felt the full weight of everything that he hadn't been giving her that she needed mm-hmm. and was like, I put so much emotional energy into sustaining this relationship and being positive about it. And this is what you're like, really? Yeah. I, and she had also just had to deal with the emotions of her ex of seven yeah. years come in and, and just the total inanity of that. I mean, so she's just used, I think, to shouldering this bullshit. And- yeah. <laughs> I know. And it's really I I thought it showed a lot of strength the way that she was able to deal with her ex, because to have that relationship with someone who helped you through a traumatic time in your life, you keep going back to each other to have that strength to say, this isn't right for me. I'm not going to entertain it. I'm not going to retreat to that emotional place where I'm dependent on you again. Um, which is something that I relate to a lot. It's like I had an ex who helped me through a lot of emotional processing, and it was very hard to separate myself from that. He never proposed to me, so that definitely helped. <laughs> but, like, I thought it showed so much strength, and then she like made this conscious decision to invest in this relationship and to put everything into it and to smile and be happy and to not freak out about his right. doubts. Allow him the space to work through them, be there for him. This is someone who is in such contrast to what we know of Ari and his lack of sense of self. She knows herself. She knows what she needs from someone. She knows what she wants, and she knows what she can give. And we just saw that sort of exploited in this moment. Yeah, I think that we see the contrast between, like, I think that Ari thinks that she's strong enough to handle all of this, and so he can put it on her. And she's having that moment of realization of being like, oh, you were exploiting the fact that I'm strong. That's also not how emotional strength works. It doesn't mean you don't have emotions and you can't be hurt. And it means you don't need support from literally die of a broken heart, as people used to do in the olden days. Um, I think that, you know, I, I just have so many feelings about this. It's hard for me to even put them into words but the way she kept talking about how embarrassed she was going to be by this shouldn't be she shouldn't be 
But it's hard not to I mean, feel that way. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. of course. But she's just getting, she, I hope she's getting so much applause for that. She's, yeah. She is. Did Pe- you see her Venmo? No. People, people are- found her on Venmo and are just tons and tons of people just Venmoing her drink money, being like, Ari's trash, you deserve <laughs> yeah, tequila. Get yourself a drink, like, girl. <laughs> Um, sometimes, no. sometimes the internet is good. Guys, yeah. I have a Venmo too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jacqueline's, Jacqueline's been, really been through struggling. a lot. Uh, so if you know, yeah. she yeah. needs a shot of tequila. Yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to dump a guy like Ari. Um, so I mean, the thing that kept striking me with the how she kept saying she was embarrassed, it just brought me back to like middle school and like the the guys in my grade would do this thing. I I went to school with the worst guys, and they would be like. <laughs> You know, so-and-so has a crush on you. Like, do you like him? Would you go out with him? Like, would you do that? And then if you said yes, they'd be like, uh-huh, I can't believe you like him. He would never like you. You're gross. Like, it's that sort of thing of, like, you baited me into saying that I wanted to marry you. You baited me into committing really publicly, like, really dramatically proclaiming my love for you into saying even, like, two hours ago, you know, look at what a great ring he chose. I'm so excited to see him. And then... You are publicly in front of the world being like, nah, nah, I never loved her. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just – it goes back to that really dark place in, like, your young dating years where you're afraid that every interaction with the opposite sex is them punking you. Yeah. You know? Like, I used to have this fear that, like, if a guy asked me out, it was like, she's all that. Which, like, how often does that happen <laughs> in real life? Probably not that often. But I Am was I sure it was, like, Am 90% I a of the time. Bet? <laughs> exactly. And I did not date until college. Um, but yeah, like that that's a, such a natural reaction to that. And it she's so captured how we all because she was experiencing it, but like Ari doesn't emote things externally in a way that we can relate to and Becca really did in this the course of this breakup. You know, it'd be so confusing to me if it, so if if I were the bachelorette and I had two guys at the end, they might be opposite in terms of temperament or something mm-hmm. like that. But I, it seems like there'd be something foundational there that would be a similarity. And I just think I don't think Becca saw that at all with Lauren yeah. and, and neither does anybody else. And so she's probably just so confused. And I, maybe it goes back to the lack of sense of self, but so confused about where that connection stemmed from, like what it was. Right. And how yeah. that conclusion, how he even reached a place where he clearly had no idea yeah, what kind of life or what kind of partner he wanted. Right. And I do think it is. It's back to that lack of knowing yourself. Because normally, I think when you get to 36 years old, you have an understanding of the things you need in a partner and the things that you want to create in your life. Right. And if these women have no similarities, give him none of the same things, then I don't – I. Again, I just don't think he really knows what he wants or needs. Yeah. I mean, I think that Ari has too clear of a sense of what he thinks he needs. Yes. And it is not in line with what he wants. And he's like, well, but I know what I need. And so ignore what I want because I know what I need. He has like a like a false sense of emotional knowledge. Um And that's, you know, I just feel like when you're at that point where you keep picking people who are not – what you think you need, then you have a lot of work to do to figure out what's actually going on. And maybe you need to do that on your own. Or maybe you do it on TV (laughs) and we can all see it. Oh, my gosh, it's so exciting. Um, I still have so many pages of notes of things that happened in this breakup. You guys, it just kept going and going and going. Um, How long are these episodes? (laughs) This, I mean... 
This one's going to be where just three and a half hours probably. Nick, where are we now? <laughs> We're at like an hour. <laughs> totally normal. Oh, totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was three hours to recap. Should we talk about Becca's four minutes in the studio we with should. Chris? That was weird. They made her come in and get all dressed up. For four minutes. come on stage for four minutes. Oh, yeah. At the very end. Yeah. And just say... I really loved her there, too. Yeah. She was fantastic. She has more composure than most people would. I mean, so does Lauren, though. Yeah. 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 They were both very composed (laughs) this episode. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, maybe that's that's the thing. He loves composed people. No, he does. He I, loved Becca Martinez for a no, while. Yeah, right. and she is. <laughs> that was the strangest part about being in this is that it was like a people potpourri. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was completely unclear what kind of woman he wanted, which makes it <laughs> so much more fun to watch. Though, like I remember JoJo's yeah. season, it was a running gag by the end that she everyone looked men. and acted the same <laughs> by the final four. Like there was no variation among them. It was hard to tell them apart. But the reality is, JoJo knows her type. She knows what's going to make her happy. She picked four of them, and then she narrowed it down to the top <laughs> one. When it's a bunch of, like, random-seeming women, it's so much more interesting for the viewer, but it does indicate that Ari doesn't know which direction he wants to go with his it, yeah. marriage. Also, I have to point out, yet again, and I say this every season, the women on The Bachelorette have generally such a better sense of what they want and need. We almost never even see the lead on The Bachelorette, get to a point where she allows two men to give a preamble proposal. Almost always, she knows days ahead. She pulls the second, the runner-up aside and says, I don't want you to go through with this. Don't even, you know, pack your bags now. And on The Bachelor... That never happens. That never happens. We also... Sean Lowe is the only Bachelor ever to marry the woman that he picked at the end. Yeah. Obviously, Mesnick is married to his runner-up. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd say that is a success for the show. <laughs> but I don't, I don't I mean, know. Honestly, I can't ignore the fact that the women have a much better track record. Yeah. Women should be in charge of dating, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I think it's also, hard, like, it definitely colors my impression now of what Jason Mesnick did, that by the time I watched his season, I knew that he and Molly had, like, had a baby together and were married. I wonder how this is going to play out for Ari. And we don't even – we still have two hours of TV to watch tomorrow. Oh, God. And that will be just the beginning. You mean tonight. We have to watch tonight. it tonight. Kill well, me. I don't – this is a really half-baked thought, but we, we're acting like, you know, like women know what they want and so therefore they have these successful marriages. But there are men involved in those marriages. And right. same in paradise. So that those men also theoretically know what they want and it's this woman. I mean, it, so it's just like is it all about this person having ultimate control and choosing? Yeah, I think that's kind of the question. Like, obviously, you know, in a heterosexual marriage, there's both a man and a woman. But there is something interesting about the fact that when women are the pickers on The Bachelorette, they have a better track record than the yeah. men do. And it's like maybe it's just coincidence. It might be. And and I always say that the relationships that form on, you know, a Paradise or a Winter Games make more sense to me. I can wrap my head around it more yeah. because it's not that unnatural setup of here is a pool of women and 
you must narrow it down and choose one. Um, but I do think it's notable, given that we have quite a large sample size of both bachelors and bachelorettes, yeah. that there is a distinct pattern there. By 100 years from now, it's going to be approaching statistical <laughs> significance, I think. I don't, I'm not a scientist. Don't quote me on that. But if we're alive to see that, I think we'll have a really good idea of who should be picking in romantic relationships. Or, and this is crazy, it could just be mutual but I don't want to, you know. What? Stop it. That's crazy. Um, and that's why we loved Winter Games so much because there wasn't even that sort of musical chairs. Of it. it was just, here's of, people. Do you find someone that you're into? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do you not? Okay. You can leave. You're not welcome here if you're single. <laughs> um, so we see Becca for a couple minutes, and it seems like she's getting the bachelorette set up. Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. I can't imagine. Do we think that that this is enough time for her to be like, do you think that her anger at Ari will fuel her to get over the breakup quicker in time to be ready to get engaged again, like less than six months later? I don't. Well, they say you only need half the time. That's true. Oh, my yeah. God. She's over it. Which is, yeah, why my sadness took 12 hours. Right. <laughs> I mean, she has had. A couple months, two and a half months, about yeah, to to process, um, or two two months about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that this is her hers to give up. Essentially, mm-hmm. they have packaged the most sympathetic storyline a person could have on the show. Her exchange with Chris was framed in the past tense. He made very clear to say, you loved him. You were ready to marry him. Mm -hmm. You were ready to do it all. And she said, I was ready. So that indicated to me that they have primed her to express herself, but indicate that she has had growth and moved on. And I can see how you would go through something like this And this is so, unfortunately, defining of you in the public eye that you would want to say, I need to take back my narrative and I need to at least Mm -hmm. get something out of this. I think also Mm -hmm. when you've been betrayed, it's a different kind of forward momentum. I mean, you know, you're not entertaining thoughts like romantic thoughts about your ex. Um, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> You're just entertaining thoughts of like burning You're him. Burning him. Yeah. yeah, it just affects you in different ways. Um, yeah, she says she still feels angry and betrayed a lot of the time. She thinks she was lied to. One question that I am left with after watching this episode is how long in advance he planned that with the producers, because obviously they were fully set up for this to happen. It seems like it couldn't have been more than a couple weeks. It could have been more than a couple days because this – okay, so Juliet tracked that he mentions Vegas. Mm-hmm. How was Vegas? She was in Vegas for apparently – for CES mm-hmm. on January 10th. Mm-hmm. He talked to Lauren the first time January 1. Mm-hmm. We know this happened right after the Vegas trip. Why so does they, that mean he couldn't have planned it for more than a couple days? Because if he hadn't even talked to Lauren until 10 days before – that's more than a couple days. That's a couple weeks. I just feel like he probably gave it some thought before he planned the whole. No, I'm sure thing. he did. I think like, it was. A I few feel days. like there is a period of like two weeks there between when he talked to Lauren 
and when he broke up with Becca. Sure I don't know how long it, it took him to decide that. I'm sure he was talking it through with production a lot, going back and forth. I'm sure those are the people that he was confiding in. I'm sure they were laying out, this is the different ways that you could do this, giving him suggestions. And they also had to get Chris Harris in there. I like imagine yeah. him golfing in the Bahamas and then being like, hey, we got a situation. Sorry, major crisis. <laughs> He's like, are you serious? Girl? He's like, okay, but promise me Chris I'll Harris have said, are you more than me? 60 seconds on camera. He was the real star of this episode. Chris um, must be thrilled. He's finally getting airtime. He's finally using his therapy skills. Apparently he really hates it when people point out how, how little he's on television for this show. Um He's doing all his work behind the scenes. It's like, it's very important Is work he? that he does. I don't know. Uh, he would just sort of pop up like a phantom. Like yeah, a... I think that they keep him in like a like a storage box <laughs> and they wheel it out. Um, yeah, I mean, I just got the impression from Ari when he kept saying things like, I felt like the longer I was hanging out with you, the further I was getting from pursuing something with Lauren. That indicated to me that he had been thinking about how long he could keep this thing with Becca going before going back to Lauren. I think so. Yeah. I think that if he thought he could feasibly ride out a couple months with her and still get Lauren break back. up outside of the public eye and get Lauren back, he would have contemplated doing that. Like he's I do basically think he's very was... conscious of the way people were per- will perceive him. And he basically just admitted to Becca that a certain percentage of their engagement that she thought was preparation for marriage was just him biding his time as long as he could while still being able to get back with Lauren. I like how he called it hanging out, too. Hanging yeah. out. I've just yes. been hanging out with you. While we've been hanging out. Yeah. By the way, uh, men all over America are so pissed at Ari right now because all of their wives and girlfriends and fiancés have been like, if you ever do that to me, here in graphic details what I will do to you in response. <laughs> Um, And my husband is having a lot of fun being like, I'll see you tonight and I'll choose you tonight. And tomorrow I'll choose you. Day after that, maybe not. I don't know. We're going to see how that goes. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's much harder to get divorced than to dump someone you're engaged to. Um, Yeah. Like it's such a terrifying thing to watch because it's like the opposite of the bachelor proposal usually it's the reminder of all the times that you've had the rug pulled out from under you and that it could happen again like even with someone who promised you something permanent someone who promised you active commitment it It could still be pulled away it made me realize that the times i've actually been most compelled by this show have been those raw extended breakups like the other time I can remember feeling this way was watching uh, Brooks and Des mm. break up and, and her and Jojo and Ben oh, for some reason Brooks and Des because it was him making the decision it just I don't know why it stuck with me and also because similarly she was not the most compelling lead and that scene felt it stood out from the it, rest it of the it stood season. out from the rest of the season in a really intense way um and even though we watch this show, I think in part to see that satisfying emotional arc, there is something deeply uncomfortable but also riveting about seeing another kind of emotion that you're very familiar with play out. And you almost feel closer to the material and closer to the people on your screens when you are watching yeah. that than when you were watching this fairy tale proposal in this very setup landscape that you know you will never 
probably <laughs> experience something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the proposal scene is like an archetypal scene that is very easy to slot into. Like Ari wasn't sure how he felt, but he knew that he could declare his love, get down on one knee and become engaged. And I think and that— And say lines that were sort of packaged to exactly. emote. And so it's it, we become more and more distant from the sense of like when I go to weddings and people do their vows, I'm always very moved. When I watch the proposal on The Bachelor, I'm often like I only 25 percent of me believes that they believe what they're saying right now. That's because it's Claire such and a, Benoit's proposal was great. Yeah, I did love that. <laughs> but I feel it's such an appealing thing to do, even if you don't really believe it, whereas a horrible breakup is not appealing to do <laughs> unless you really want to break up. So it feels like definitely authentic. And our That's editor even true. was asking us, isn't this all performance? And I was like, no one would do that as themselves on purpose on TV. It looked awful. Like, it's not something you choose to do because you want to slot someone to the perfect, like, breakup scene in your right. life. And I'm sure that you get that question as someone who's been on the show. You know, isn't it all scripted? Isn't it all it's planned? And, it, and it's not. And, and uh, He's like, I wish it was. <laughs> and as someone who now we've spoken to a critical mass of people on this show, we've been covering this show. Like, I feel extremely confident telling people who are like, isn't this all scripted? That, no, it's absolutely not. Because as Claire pointed out, yeah, it's a lot harder to make compelling TV when you're putting people in a situation and telling them what to do and then hoping it comes off as authentic because most of these people are not great actors. Yeah, there's yeah. no need to make it scripted. Yeah, it's people just... love falling in love and, right. like, making out. It's just put a bunch of attractive people there and that will start to happen. <laughs> I also don't even think viewers are just... I mean, there's there's a reason that The, the Sims is, like, such a <laughs> successful video game. We like watching other humans eat and go to the bathroom yes. and do... You know, and, that's what The strange. Bachelor needs, more eating and going to the bathroom. There's very little of both of those things on the show. Right. But you know what I mean? It's just like all you have to do is watch human beings in the semi-interesting situation, feeling things, and then you're good to go. Yeah. Honestly, Winter Games was even less structured, and I still was fascinated right. by it. Yeah. It's just watching people and how they interact with each other. Yeah. Because we see bits of ourselves in it and we see the things that we like about ourselves reflected. We see the things we hope we don't see in ourselves reflected. And we are always filtering the people we're watching. We're filtering it through the way we would interpret. And we're always projecting that onto it. And that is like a very complex and satisfying viewing experience. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, and it's another reason why people have a problem with Lauren is you watch the show to watch the mating dance and to watch seduction and almost to see strategies play out of how people fall in love. And in the end, it just turns out that it's something ineffable. ineffable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Ari would say unexplainable. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a big part of his job is as the lead is to explain why he is in love with someone. And he just tries and tries and tries with Lauren and he can't do it. And I have to feel like that also was a factor that he was like, how can I choose this woman if I can't even explain what it is I like about her? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet he likes her the most. And yet he likes and her the most. that's just the truth of it. Yeah. No, whenever people would ask me that, I would never have a great answer. Like the, the less I actually like someone, the easier it is to explain why I like them. Because, you know, if you really like someone, you don't examine it that much and you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm really jazzed about this guy I'm seeing, and I feel like I could tell us all about it. <laughs> tell us everything you like about him. You don't have to. Okay, do that. <laughs> yeah. you're Jack like no, very fine. freaked it's out. A podcast. You don't have um, to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I've I've def it can definitely go both ways, but I it makes a lot of sense to me that you might tend to have easier answers for someone that you are dating because it makes sense mm-hmm. and not yeah. for someone that you just really like. And that I that's definitely was a big factor in why he ended up choosing Becca. But it was just so sad that the nicest thing he could say about his relationship with her is that he thought she'd be a great wife, which really emphasizes one thing that's bothered me about Ari's season is that it's felt like a really long job interview process because <laughs> he is very sure that he is there to pick a wife and just like pick that perfect wife and put a ring on her finger and like seal the deal. And he knows how to articulate that, but he does <laughs> not know how to articulate the way he's feeling in a way that that you can connect with. Yeah. And that is probably the most important thing that the lead of this show could do. I do want to ask before we end, just final check in. <laughs> Is Sorry. Becca going to be the Bachelorette, and are we excited for her to be the Bachelorette? Mm. I think she certainly will be. I, I mean, I have to be diplomatic. I don't, I don't know how compelling of a season it will be, but I mm. do like her composure. Uh, I mean, <laughs> is that like a foundational I, quality I that you really like about Becca? The, the problem, the foundational. <laughs> I didn't get to know her super well, mm. so it's just it's hard for me to say. But I don't feel like she was compelling on the show until. Until the breakup, really. Yeah, same. I mean, and I've liked Becca so far, but I didn't think she was super great TV. I also don't like that she has a catchphrase, and it will drive me insane if she makes that a thing on the show. What's her catchphrase? Uh, Let's do the damn thing. Oh, Oh, or the pieces of, he took pieces of my heart. Oh, no, I'm talking about (laughs) the damn thing. Because also she does. uh, You noticed that. I I didn't notice it. She also uses damn as a modifier all the time. But like her Twitter (laughs) bio is let's do, ready to do the damn thing. Her intro to Ari was basically scripting his proposal to her, which he did not use. And I thought that was a bad sign. Like, did he not remember that she thought that he was going to say, Rebecca Jill, let's do the damn thing? (laughs) That's what she told him to say. Um, I just think it's going to be really distracting for me. Um, and I, I, I'm i worried about that. But <laughs> I, they've got so to give her this. Are they've you, got to do it. Yes. I think. I also think she will be the bachelorette. And I'm kind of optimistic about it. I, I think, think she'll that, be successful. I think mm. she'll be good at it. And I actually think that when pushed to make hard decisions, she knows how to talk about those decisions. And she knows how to articulate her feelings in in a much clearer way than Ari does which is a low bar but <laughs> I am I think it I think depending on how they cast it it could be it could be a really good season we'll see. I'm just at a point right now and god help me there's still two more hours of Bachelor tonight <laughs> where I can't get excited about the thought of watching any more Bachelor content well I need I'm there to exhausted. be a nice long break before we get back into it because this has been a real slog it's been but, week um, after week thanks, of like guys. seven hours no you were it's you were even, great to watch and I, they I put actually in, I'm sorry like they put the women in, more than more than average yeah. uh, this season it's not even that there's been too much of the bachelor it's that they ran it simultaneously with, with a four Day, hour a week bachelor su- what's like, what are you gonna yeah 11 hours a week i don't i haven't seen my friends in months <laughs> like it's a real problem for me in my personal life mm-hmm. i hear from people my family when can we talk i don't know i'm busy with the bachelor for in the foreseeable future it's a real problem and i think that that's something they should take into account in the future just if they want me to keep watching you know this this viewer i agree um, but I, I guess we'll usually have until like late May or early June 
for the season to kick off. And tonight, I guess we are going to see Ari prostrate himself in front of Lauren's beautiful toes and see what happens. I'm curious if he's going to have to re-ask her parents' permission. Yeah, yes. 100%. Just impale him with a stick. Oh, yeah. Her family is going to go after him. I thought you were good and you are in fact bad. Right. He was like, no, I just wanted a free trip. (laughs) He's going to have to really, really just... Yeah. A lot of self-flagellation is going to happen. And I also wonder how much they're going to make Becca and Ari confront each other. I almost feel like it's unnecessary. Yeah, There was a great moment last night when Chris asked Becca if she wanted to see Ari again. And she pauses. But between their heads, you can see a guy in the audience violently shaking shaking his his head. head. Yeah, (laughs) And And I think she says, well, I guess you're going to make me. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I know I am going to see him again. Um, And so, yeah, that is what we are in for tonight. And we will be back for another episode. Luckily, we had already booked uh, Amy Kaufman to talk about her book (laughs) in a bonus episode. And now she will also be forced to recap with us. So, yeah, there we go. The network was so generous to give us this extra two hours of television. I, you know, honestly, I wish we could just keep talking about this for hours. I feel like I'm going to end up spending my whole day talking. Nick is about already last so night. mad at us, as per usual. Yeah, he's not except he let doesn't us really do get mad. He gets like a disappointed. little disappointed, disapproving. <laughs> He's smiling. It's fine. Um, Yeah, so we should wrap this up. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me on. Just really having this group therapy with us. It was very helpful. Honestly, when we asked you to be on the show, we really thought that we would have a more low-key episode to discuss with you. And (laughs) instead, we have just steamrollered over this whole thing with our feelings about the breakup. (laughs) But um, we hope you can come back sometime in the future. Yeah, absolutely. We good? And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Jacqueline Trumbull, and of course, our producer, Nick Offenberg. If you haven't yet, please find a moment to find Here to Make Friends on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe and give us a rating. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. You can like us there. And we're both on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can always send us an email at here to make friends at HuffPost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about part two. Ari goes after Lauren. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.